Good morning and thank you so much for joining me once again for another daily word of encouragement as we look into the scriptures just for a few minutes here this morning as we think about the truths that we find in Psalms chapter number 38. I've entitled this devotion, The Fruit of Sin. And as we think about Psalms chapter number 38, it is another penitential psalm of David. It is very similar to Psalms chapter number 32 and also Psalms chapter number 51. And therefore, it seems to indicate that Psalms chapter number 38 is in regards to the same sin that David was facing, and that was the sin that he committed with Bathsheba and against Uriah. And so here in this psalm, we find probably the most descriptive psalm of all of them concerning the difficulty, concerning the hardships that David was facing due to the sin that he had committed against the Lord. And there's an important lesson for us to understand as we begin this devotion here this morning, and it is the truth that it does not matter uh, who you are. It does not matter uh, what position of power you sit in. It doesn't matter uh, what type of influence you might have. It doesn't matter how well we might think we have hidden our sins. Uh, the Bible teaches that God sees everything. Uh, God is omniscient, and therefore, as he can see all of the sins and the iniquities that we've committed against him, the Bible teaches we can never hide it. And uh, our sins will find us out, and we will end up reaping the consequences for the seeds of sins and the seeds of iniquity that we have planted within our lives. And the Bible says in Numbers chapter 32, verse number 23, but if ye will not do so, behold, ye have sinned against the Lord, and be sure your sin will find you out. And so it might take some time before that sin is found out. It might take some time before we experience the consequences and that seed of sin comes into fruition. But sooner or later, it is part of God's law that what we sow, we shall reap. The consequences, whether that is good or whether that is bad. I think about what John Phillips said. He said, payday might be postponed for a time, but it will always come. And as we think about this psalm, once again, a penitential psalm of David, uh, I want you to notice with me several thoughts concerning uh, what David is going through and what he's dealing with during his season uh, as, he's, as he's trying to uh, make his way right with the Lord concerning the sin against Bathsheba and Uriah. And so first of all, we find uh, several descriptions concerning David's suffering under this sin that he had committed. And it begins in verse number one and verse number two with David's discipline or God's discipline and God's chastisement against David. And the Bible is very clear in Hebrews chapter number 12 that the Lord uh, chastens his children, uh, the sons of God, the children of God will be disciplined by the Lord because he loves us and because he wants to correct us and because he wants us to bear the peaceable fruit of righteousness within our lives through the times of difficulty and discipline that we face as a result of our sins. And we find that same thought here in uh, chapter 38 
In verse number one, David writes, O Lord, rebuke me not in thy wrath, neither chasten me in thy hot displeasure, for thine arrow stick fast in me, and thy hand presseth me sore. And so we find here that David's going through some difficult times uh, because of the chastening of the Lord that he rightly deserved because of the sins that he had committed against God. And then we also find in verse number three, uh, down to verse number 10, we find not only the discipline uh, that David faced, but we also find the disease that David faced in his life. We find here the physical debilities that David was experiencing during this season. The Bible says, there is no soundness in my flesh because of thine anger, neither is there any rest in my bones because of my sin. For mine iniquities are gone over mine head, as a heavy burden they are too heavy for me. My wounds stink and are corrupt because of my foolishness. I am troubled, I am bowed down greatly. I go mourning all the day long, for my loins are filled with a loathsome disease, and there is no soundness in my flesh. I am feeble and sore broken. I have roared by reason of the disquietness of my heart. Lord, all my desire is before thee, and my groaning is not hid from thee. My heart panteth, my strength faileth me. As for the light of mine eyes, it also is gone from me. And as we think about different sicknesses and diseases that we read about throughout the scriptures, uh, in most cases, we will realize that our sicknesses are not a direct result of sin that we have necessarily committed within our lives. I think about the character of Job in the Old Testament. I think about also the blind man uh, in John chapter number nine. They were sick and God had a perfect reason and a purpose behind that, uh, but it wasn't a direct result from some specific sin that they had committed within their lives. However, as we think about Psalms 38, and as we think about David's position here, it seems to be very clear uh, that not only was David suffering through some, uh, some mental and emotional uh, despair and, and, uh, and the discipline that he was facing from the Lord, but also there seems to be some physical chastisement as well that David was facing uh, by the way of these diseases. And so uh, he says right in the middle here uh, of, this, of, of these verses, he says, uh, I have no rest in my bones because of my sin. Uh, and so it's safe for us to deduce from this chapter that David was also suffering from some physical ailments because of this sin that he had committed before the Lord. It was part of his chastisement. Uh, it was part of his overall correction concerning his iniquity. And so we find here, first of all, David's suffering. Uh, it continues then. We also find David's sorrow. And in verse number 11 down to verse number 16, my lovers and my friends stand aloof from my sore and my kinsmen stand afar off. They also that seek after my life lay snares for me and they that seek my hurt speak mischievous things and imagine deceits all the day long. But I as a deaf man heard not and I was as dumb and I was a, as a dumb man uh, that openeth not his mouth. Thus I was as a man that heareth not, and in, his in whose mouth are no reproofs. For in thee, O Lord, do I hope thou wilt hear, O Lord my God. For I said, hear me, lest otherwise they should rejoice over me. When my foot slippeth, they magnify themselves against me. And so we find here that David is ostracized. David is shunned and he's suffering through 
through some uh, societal uh, pressures, attacks, and we find the sorrow within David's heart. His lovers, his friends, uh, they stand aloof. They stand far away from David. They are not there to encourage him as his companions during this season of difficulty. And then on top of that, his enemies are attacking him throughout this entire season. In verse 19, it says, But mine enemies are lively, and they are strong, and they that hate me wrongfully are multiplied. They also that render evil for good are mine adversaries, because I follow the thing that good is. And so we find here within this chapter, the majority of the verses speak about David's suffering under discipline, uh, under the disease that he was facing, and then also the sorrow because of the, uh, the ostracism that he was facing, being shunned by his loved ones, uh, by his family and friends, and then also the attacks that came uh, from his enemies, his adversaries. And then finally, I want you to notice with me, we find here a few verses concerning David's supplication. And I want you to notice with me his repentance. We find that in verse number 17. It says, For I am ready to halt, and my sorrow is continually before me. For I will declare mine iniquity. I will be sorry for my sin. And we find here David's repentance. We find him declaring. He says, uh, I will declare mine iniquity. I admit that I have sinned. I was wrong. I had committed iniquity before my God. And I will be sorry for my sin. And so David is saying here, I confess. Uh, I agree with the Lord concerning my sin. Furthermore, I will forsake. Uh, I will change my ways and I will live to the best of my ability an upright life before the Lord. And you see, that's what repentance is. It is a change of mind that leads to a change in behavior and action. It's a change in mind in which we confess. Uh, we agree with the Lord. We admit, I have sinned. God, you are righteous. Your laws are perfect and holy. I have sinned against them. I'm the one that's wrong. And then that leads to a change in behavior and a change in action as we think about the sins that we've committed before the Lord. And that is repentance. It is to confess and it is to forsake. Uh, Albert Barnes said this, a man who mourns over sin as committed against God and who seeks to God for pardon will reform his life and truly repent. He who has grief for sin only because it will lead to disgrace or shame or because it will lead to poverty or pain will not necessarily break off from it and reform. It is only when it is seen that sin is committed against God and is evil in his sight that it leads to a change of life. And so the Lord is not simply seeking for a remorseful spirit, but more than that, the Lord desires that we would have a, a, a repentant spirit, uh, that we would confess, that we would be sorry for the sins that we've committed, and that would change our behavior and change our actions within this life. And so we find here the repentance of David, and then we find the request of David in the closing two verses. Forsake me not, O Lord, O my God, be not far from me. Make haste to help me, O Lord, my salvation. And here David seeks the deliverance of God. Uh, he seeks the forgiveness of God and the restoration that only the Lord could provide for him 
during this season within his life. And thank God here this morning that God is always ready to forgive. Uh, God is always ready to deliver. God is always ready to restore us once again in proper fellowship with the Lord. And there is no sin too great uh, that is too much for the grace of God. Uh, the Bible is very clear that where sin abounded, God's grace uh, abounded so much more than our sinfulness. And God is ready and God is willing to forgive and to restore those who will humbly, with a contrite spirit, uh, admit our sins, confess, agree with the Lord that we're wrong, and then have a desire and a commitment to live in a different manner and to have a change of behavior and a change of actions within our lives. When we sincerely repent before the Lord, God is always ready to listen to our requests and to restore us once again. And so here this morning, as we think about uh, the fruit of sin in David's life, the suffering, the discipline, uh, the disease, the sorrow that he was facing, we are encouraged with these final thoughts that David, in the midst of that, he prayed. He brought a supplication before the Lord, and the Lord heard his cry, and the Lord saw his repentant heart, and the Lord was ready to forgive and to restore David once again in favor with the Lord uh, that he might receive uh, God's power, God's provision, and God's blessings once again upon his life. And so let me encourage each and every one of us here this morning, maybe there's something within our lives. Uh, maybe there's a sin that we've committed before the Lord. No matter what it is, let me encourage you, bring it before the Lord. Confess, forsake it, repent concerning that sinful act within your life, and God will forgive you, and God will restore you once again to fellowship with him. And so let me encourage you with that wonderful truth concerning the mercy and the long-suffering and the forgiveness of our God. Well, I pray that could be a blessing and an encouragement to each and every one of us. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.